Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Uh, Jason Mackey's with us. I know he's brought to us by, like, Westminster College. Let's just say that Westminster College is bringing Jason Mackey. I can't figure out how to get this, pull this thing back up on my damn screen. So, uh, Jason, how you doing today? And uh, hopefully all is well. I'm doing well, Paul. You either need a vodka and Coke or a cup of coffee. I'm not sure which. (laughs) Either one. You know, I got one of these these, uh, newfangled computers where it's a touchscreen. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yeah. Like uh, the, yeah. the laptop's a touch screen. And so then what happens is if I touch the screen, it, 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 it minimizes or maximizes things. <laughs> and now I'm trying to figure out where the hell the read is. Let's just say you're, you're brought by Westminster College. Is that good? Where real experience leads to real success. Absolutely. And that's where there, I there we go. There I love my place. Yep. Yep. Uh, okay, good. Um, now that we got rid of... Uh, my uh, ineptitude. Uh, we can start now talking about baseball. Um, you, uh, you look at what the Pirates have done, and I said it's interesting, but their bats have actually come alive, come alive to the point where they are able to, um, uh, you know, score runs and have you know multiple run innings, and they've hit some home runs. Uh, they've really hit the the ball well of late, haven't they? They have, and uh, I got a funny email or tweet or something they said it, it was a question saying why can't the pirates you know hit when they pitch and pitch when they hit and put it all together and i'm like man if i had the answer to that i'd bottle it up and sell it <laughs> to pirates or whomever and, and go retire somewhere but yeah it's kind of weird man like they they had a really good offensive series against the braves they didn't pitch particularly well um they had some short starts and thomas hatch came in thomas hatch of all people who the heck is that um, came in today and was really good. So, I, to me, that's the mark of a, a team that's still figuring it out. They're young. They're inconsistent. They're going to play really well for stretches. They're going to not play well. They're going to have certain components of their game going. They're going to not have certain components going. You know, the Braves, I think, are just a really, really good team. It's not going to surprise me at all if they make a deep run, win the World Series, whatever. And more often than not, they've had everything going. Um, the Pirates, you know, clearly have not. But, you know, what? I'll give the Pirates this. They did not back down from a really good team, like we said. Um, in a couple deficits, they climb out of it, give the Braves hell. The Braves are probably thrilled to get out of here. The Pirates made life difficult for them the past four days. They certainly did. Uh, one thing about this year, Jason, is you're sort of building for next year and beyond. Um, with the fact that O'Neill Cruz is probably going to be coming back at some point, um, do they have too many middle infielders? No, no, you can't, no. I mean, teams like the Pirates, you can never have too much of anything. And the minute we think that they do, somebody will get hurt in some weird catastrophic injury, and I don't want that. 
And, you know, the, earlier this season, I was getting asked a lot about what are they going to do with the starters? How are they going to fit everybody? Whatever. Then a bunch of guys get hurt. They make trades. And here we are. So, no, I don't, I don't think there's too many middle infielders. I, I think the players will more often than not dictate to you who should play where. And right now, Leover Pagaro is telling me that he should play. And I'm going to hear him out. If I'm making up the lineup card, he's in there more often than not until he, you know, stops hitting. But as of now, it's been very good. Nick Gonzalez, conversely, has not been very good. He's in AAA, and he should probably remain in AAA until he deserves or shows that he deserves to come up here. I like what I've seen from Alika Williams, at least defensively. There hasn't been much with the bat. Um, but, you know, if he's a late-inning defensive replacement or a defense first shortstop, that's fine. Guys make a living doing that. And we know that O'Neill Cruz is going to be back and playing every day when he gets healthy. I expect that's the beginning of September. But, no, I don't, I don't look at the, you know, do they have too many of this or too many of that. It's, it's baseball. All that stuff always has a way of working out. Right. Uh, but with, with Cruz, I mean, could you see Baguero becoming the, uh, the second baseman if Cruz, yes. when, if and when Cruz comes back? Yeah. I mean, that's the way I would, I would go at this point, Paul. If, if Baguero keeps hitting, you've got to find a place for him. And the next logical spot is second base. I mean, shortstop belongs to Cruz. It should belong to Cruz. I don't want to screw around with him playing anywhere else. I want him as my shortstop. I want to hope to sign him to an extension. And if that means Figueroa has to move, then Figueroa has to move. And from what I understand, Figueroa really is just a second baseman and a shortstop, which there's no harm in that. I shouldn't say he's just that. But yeah, he would he would move off the position and play second. It might not be fair, Jason, but one of the things I've said about next year is they can show me how serious they are about winning next year by what they do at first base because that looks to me like the only place where they really don't have an answer. I've heard people talking about Henry Davis going there or Triolo going there or even you know O'Neill Cruz or whatever. Um, to me, I think if they legitimately want to solidify their lineup uh, and, their, and their infield and whatnot – they need to get a first baseman. I would tend to agree with that. I would tend to agree with that. The only thing I would attach to that is they should spend the rest of this season trying out anybody and everybody just to see. I mean, guys on your roster, guys in AAA, I don't care who. If someone comes up here and contributes, okay. Um, if, if you remember, I've talked about Malcolm Nunez with you before. He was part of the uh, Quintana Stratton Oviedo trade. He just got back to AAA, and he's a guy that he does have the pedigree, the power, whatever, to be that type of guy. I want to see him up here and see what he can do now that he's healthy. I want to see Endy there a little bit, and I think if Endy is there, Henry would be catching, and they need to get Henry catching. It sort of all works together. If it's Alfonso Rivas next season, I think we've got a problem, you know, because that means nobody has stepped up to earn the job and then the organization has not spent the requisite amount of money in the offseason but yes if nobody steps up and claims that position like authoritatively they need to go out and spend and that's where they need to spend some money this offseason ben sherrington has talked about that the past too where he said we're going to try to grow and i'm paraphrasing but try to grow players at as many positions as possible we're not going to get them all and then wherever there's a shortcoming that's where free agency is going to come in so Again, to your point, that's where free agency is more than likely going to come in at first base. Right. I mean, I think that's the big thing. To me, that's the one position where I don't see a legitimate, real answer, you know, and no matter how you do it, unless you're going to be willing to move some guys around. 
<clears throat> but to me, Henry Davis, uh, you, you could you could make him and Rodriguez. Uh, you know, even if you make Andy Rodriguez the starting catcher, you could make Henry Davis a catcher who DHs on his off days. Couldn't you? Yeah, you could. And please just don't put him at first base. Like him and Cruz going <laughs> to first base has to be one of the most asinine thoughts I've heard since joining the Pirates beat. Like, wh- what is the prerequisite no. there? You have to have an incredible arm, so we're going to put you at the position where you don't throw. Henry Davis sucks at two positions defensively, so we're going to find a third that he can't play. Like, what are, what are we doing here? Just stop with that nonsense, please. Like, people want to get people who have never played first base and put them there. Or better yet, you have, uh, you know, uh, the, the idea that Cruz is, since he's six foot six or six foot five or whatever, right. he is, put him at first because he's tall. Right. Just right. because and, he's tall, let's put him at first base. We have watched Carlos Santana play terrific first base. He's probably going to win a gold glove this season where he's like barely 5'11. So believe me, you can do it without being six foot five. It's okay. It's called actually right. playing the position and knowing what you're doing. No, exactly. I mean, there's so many little things like that. Um, you know, Jason, the, the 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 we've talked a lot about the hitters in the lineup, and of course, I think you know it, it looks pretty much like there's a pretty good fun, you know co- uh, core foundation for a pretty good position team. But the pitching staff right now, there seems to be a lot more questions than there were even like three or four weeks ago. Um, the first thing is, you know, with Mitch Keller, I mean, I, I, I know that there, I knew there was going to be a little bit of a regression. Uh, is there anybody that, you know, is a little bit nervous that maybe what we're seeing now is what, what they're going to get from Mitch Keller uh, going forward? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are nervous. I'm one of them. Um, you know, I'm not saying I think Mitch Keller's cooked because he's not, but uh, it, it, it's not been good. And, you know, it's more than a three-start stretch or something like that. I mean, he's just – he's gone away from what he does well, and I don't like it. I wish that – you know, what made him so effective last year was establishing his fastball, pitching off of the hard stuff, you know, having people respect your heater, the sinker, whatever. And he's gotten too in the camp of – you know, the sweeper and the cutter and six different weapons. And they're not great. Um, we've seen in the past couple starts, his sweeper and his cutter just hung and spun and haven't been terribly effective. And to me, if I'm coaching him, I am looking at, you know, g- give me your three best. Give me your three or four best, and you cannot leave them in the middle of the plate. We need to work on them between starts and get you ready to go. And I, I don't think he's tired. I think he's trying to do too much, and he's losing sort of an identity that he's established. But, you know, I don't I, – and I don't think it's just one of those things where you're going to have a couple clunkers in a row. Like, that's perfectly understandable. To me, you're probably going to ask me about David Bednar, and, and that's where I stand with him. Like, he's just had a couple of bad outings. They happen. I think it's going to balance out and be fine. But with Keller, it's been more of an extended run, and I think they need to take a look at what he's doing here and change it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the thing about Bednar, and I, I would agree with you, the thing about Bednar is you see that from those relievers from time to time. And a lot of times all it takes is just giving him an extra day rest or two, and, you know, he, he, he's back and he's fine. I, I, I wouldn't worry too much about him. Uh, but Keller, to me, his body of work of being mediocre or inconsistent or however you want to say it is far more than his body of work of being really good. And so yeah. that that is where I would get a little concerned when it comes to Mitch Keller. I think Oviedo has started to, you know, at least show that I think he has a chance to be 
uh, a fixture in their rotation. I have no idea what they have in Quinn Priester. Maybe uh, you can kind of, uh, you know, sort it out a little bit better for me. I don't have a magical answer there. I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't want to say it. they don't have somebody who's very good because that's unfair to a kid who's just made, what, four or five major league starts. Um, and I, I don't think that. Now, has Quinn Priester been terribly effective since he's been up here? No. I mean, he, he just hasn't. Like, you can't go four innings and give up four or five runs, and sometimes it's been worse than that. He has been good at times, but on volume, it just hasn't been enough. And I don't know what to do with him, man. I really don't. Like, you know, they're probably going to keep running him out there and allowing him to make starts simply because they don't have anybody else who would take those starts from him. Now, Rowanzi Contreras pitched tonight in Indianapolis, three scoreless, apparently looked very good. Maybe he's somebody who would come up here and bump somebody out. But, you know, Priester has just been been all over the map. He's been good. He's been bad. And, you know, they, it's, just, it's a tough situation with their rotation right now because, as you said, they got Keller, you got Oviedo, you got Priester. Beyond that, man, I, I had a Bailey Falter and Thomas Hatch. I mean, what, what the heck are we doing here? I mean, those are perfectly nice men. I just don't know if that's who you want to feel great about in your rotation at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about Priester is again, I'm I'm not I'm not to, uh, trying to you know say that oh he's a boss or he's this or that. he's not. I just haven't seen really enough from him to kind of feel like yeah okay I can absolutely see why he was a first round pick and and right. and, and where, where where he's going to be able to hang his hat. I just don't know that I've seen that. But again, you've watched him a lot closer than I have. That's all I I'm saying, right? I, yeah, and I, I've watched a different version of Quinn. That's why I'm having trouble squaring what I'm seeing now with the version of him that I saw in high A, double A, that sort of thing. Even I, I saw him, I believe, start at least once in Indianapolis, saw him pitch in the Futures game. I mean, I watched him at Dodger Stadium, Paul, and he's throwing like 95, 96 with nasty breaking stuff. And now we're watching him at like 91, 92. I don't think he just forgot how to throw. I don't think he's pitching hurt. I mean, if you're pitching hurt and losing five miles an hour, that, that, that you're really tough because you must be going through something pretty painful if you're losing that much. One of the things, and I don't like this about how the Pirates are developing pitchers, it's a consistent theme with him, Rowanzi Contreras, Luis Ortiz. They put a ton on these kids' plates. They're asking them to know a lot about how their body is moving and what they're doing and correcting things and drilling down to the details. Some of it's good. Too much of it's bad. And I think he's got – they've got Priester thinking about entirely too much, screwing around with the sinker. And honestly, it's the inverse of what they said they were going to do. It's exactly what the former regime did. Everybody's going to throw a sinker. Everybody's going to do things our way. What happened to letting pitchers be themselves? Like they're, they're just not doing that. And it's, it's frustrating to see because I don't think they're getting the best version of Quinn, Rowanzi, or Ortiz. Yep, I mean that's just it, uh, and and so we'll see. I mean, again, I think they've got Jason, what I would call the foundation of what could be a pretty decent team, uh, but some of these things just need to start sorting themselves out. That's that's really what it comes down to. Uh, on to the Reds, right? Is that the next uh, next group up? Is the Reds this weekend, and so uh, it should be a, a, another uh, group of competitive games. Yeah, no, the Reds have been an interesting watch this season, man. They really have, and. Um, I actually talked to O'Neill Cruz this week about that and Ellie De La Cruz and um, sort of got a smile from him. They know each other a little bit. And 
I mean, it's, it's going to be the last Pirates-Reds matchup where we're not talking about, like, Cruz versus Cruz. You know, gigantic athletic Dominican shortstops with power. It's weird that they got, like, an O'Neill Cruz clone. But the Reds are an exciting bunch. I think, I, I think they're going to fade a little bit. I don't see them winning the division. I still think the Brewers have the most – are probably the most balanced team. Maybe the Cubs, if they can stay on this streak, but – you know, uh, the Reds have been a fun watch, and I, I think a model in a lot of ways for the Pirates. It seems like every other day they're calling up some young prospect. They've got a nice young core of starting pitchers, better than the Pirates, frankly, and some really good position players like De La Cruz, Spencer Steer. Uh, it's got a nice young nucleus of talent. Yeah, well, we'll see. Jason, I really appreciate you taking some time jumping on, as always. And, of course, uh, say it for me one more time, Westminster College. Where real experience leads to real success. All right. Thank you, Jason. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.